Let's strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation, it's informative and free. You and me, let's talk some strategy. Here's your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be back with another episode of Strategy Talks. I want to welcome you. If you're here for the first time, we go live on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And this is recorded and produced as a podcast as well. So special welcome to those who listen to this as a podcast. Before I introduce you to today's guest, I want to let you know we're going to talk about simplifying down to strategize up. So if you're looking to scale, growth hack, that's kind of the conversation we're going to have today. But before I do, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Social Insider. They are the intuitive dashboard for social media analytics, reporting and competitors analysis for brands and agencies. If you need data, you need Social Insider. So without much further ado, let me introduce you to today's guest, Troy Sandich. How are you today, Troy? I am good. How are you doing? I am so excited that you're here. You and I met at Inbound um, last year, um, and that was super exciting. Our mutual friend, Sarah, introduced us. And um, I know, I love Sarah too. I wonder if she's here. She might be. Um, (laughs) And uh, we are going to talk today about your book, uh, kind of, you know, strategize up. Let me see if I can get it. Uh, I have to put it in front of my face. Uh, there we go. Strategize up, right? The simplified blueprint, scaling your business. Um, and for those of you who are listening, it's called strategize up the simplified blueprint to scaling your business by Troy Sandich. So who is Troy? Let me introduce you, Troy. Troy Sandich is an award-winning growth strategist whose strategies have generated over $175 million in client revenue and launched over 35 brands worldwide. He works with growth-hungry brands ready to make the investment to catapult their growth, authority, and sales by creating custom strategies, systems, and solutions to increase sustainable profitability and scalable revenue. In short, Troy helps brands grow fast and scale faster. So, that is what we're going to talk about today, Troy. Yes. How do we do that? How do we do that? So my first question to you is strategy is power. Can you explain that? Because this is strategy talks. You're probably this is, this like is the, the this, best. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited. This, I know. this is all me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Strategy talks, right? It's, I'm let's, excited. Let's talk strategy. Okay. Strategy uh, is power. Explain that one. Sure. And to those who are listening or watching, you know, strategy is literally the engine that allows you to achieve whatever it is that you achieve. You don't jump into a situation without a plan of execution. Otherwise, you're a hamster on a hamster wheel doing a million different things as many entrepreneurs, executives, high performing leaders find themselves doing, but they don't get the results at the end of the day. It's kind of the recycling of New Year's, New Year's resolutions come in and then you're like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to change. And then we recycle this next year. Nothing's changed. 
Nothing's happened. We recycle the next year. Nothing's changed. Nothing's happened. That's why. Why is that? The core of it is because we didn't apply a very efficient strategy that was customized to where you are now based off of where you're trying to go right now. You know, when we think of strategy, most times we don't see it as an action. We see it as a one-time hit standard thing and we're done. Strategy is a living, breathing, forever evolving thing because as things change, as things modify, as you identify your strengths, weaknesses throughout any situation, you have to adapt and modify your strategy accordingly. And so strategy is power because when you embrace that lifestyle, that ability to at any time I come through an obstacle or a challenge, I apply a strategy or I'm cognizant that I need to build one, you're already a step of your competitors. You're already a step of the previous version of yourself that maybe would have never done that because now you're centering your energy and efforts before you do them. And then you have a higher chance of success as you do them, but you're modifying according to maintain and sustain your growth and ability to achieve at a higher level. That's, that's great. So I hear lots of great stuff, strategies, power. So in your book, I was looking through it last night because I didn't quite finish it yet. But you say you focus on 10 strategies um, to strategize up. And I'm just going to read them out loud. And then I would like you to maybe tell me if somebody has just literally thrown spaghetti at the wall and, and they're a business owner, um, maybe they're in marketing and they have just done social media or they've just done some marketing but they don't really have a strategy, where should they start? So here are the 10 that you've listed in your book. Marketing strategy, business strategy, growth strategy, brand strategy, creative strategy, social media strategy, content strategy, digital strategy, community strategy, sales strategy. So if somebody is listening to us, you know, they happen to come up on strategy talks, they see this or they listen to this episode with Doreen and Troy, where should they start? You know, uh, I'm going to name two because it depends on the situation. Okay. I would always lean almost on sales strategy because money fuels everything else. Mm. Money pays for what you don't know. Money helps you get more help. Money justifies and validates you're on the right track. And now, you know, quantitatively of how much money that needs to be, that's up to you. I'm not being very subjective on that end. But I would say sales strategy, when you can speak and position yourself to make money in the energy and effort that you're doing, that tells you you're on the right track. And that can feel all the other strategies because what doesn't work, you're going to modify your brand strategy. You're going to retool your marketing strategy and everything in between. Now, let's say you have some, some six-month runway or a year runway or money isn't the necessarily the biggest issue right now. Let's sure. just say that. Then I would say on the other end, brand strategy mm. because if no one knows who you are you're not you don't have a clear concise identity from what you're trying to do and who you are that that's going to be problematic uh, i did a recent post talking about the the cycle of when you're pushing out content and most people want to just push out content and they don't consider what is my brand voice what is my brand identity who am i you know, we get uncomfortable with these type of questions, the who, what, mm -hmm. where, where, why. You know, we want to just focus on the how. Well, mm -hmm. if I don't know the who and the why to where I'm trying to go with the when and the where, it won't land. 
And so I would either say focus on the sales strategy first if you need to quantify and justify that money's going to happen. Or if you have some runway and you're in a different situation, I would say focus on brand strategy. In either case, they both can lead you to discover and expand the other areas of strategy. You also just have to consider who you are as a person, what your strengths and weaknesses are. If you struggle maybe with articulation of thought and things like that, you might want to focus on your brand strategy so you can get that clear messaging. So you know the nuances and the tones to who you're talking to, who you're addressing and all those things. If you are more confident in your communication skills, but maybe you struggle with negotiation, maybe you struggle with perception of how to look at things from, you know, it's easy to talk about yourself when you, you know, referring to someone else or even it's not money involved. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different when everything that you're doing is meant to either provide for your family or provide an additional revenue income stream for your for yourself or whoever the case might be or you you have an organization where you have team members whether that's freelance or you know standard employees you know in both cases brand strategy or sales strategy what I would recommend first everything else will come out of those emphasis okay that is an excellent answer and when you were talking about sales strategy first you know what came to mind shark tank yes the first question they asked how much have you sold? Because when you can sell your business, your services or your product without any funding or anything, you know, it works, right? That's like kind of like the first standard and that's what fuels everything else. So I love that answer. That's great. So in your book, I found this quote, it said, social media is about the people, not about your business, provide for the people and the people will provide for you by Matt Gollard. That made me stop. That quote, I knew, I know this, yet this was so clear. It's like, we need to shout this from the mountaintop. Is that why you put it in the book? I just want to get your take yeah. on that. What did you love about that quote? You know, that I had the same reaction as you. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, it wakes you up. Mm. You know, it, it's a calling card to have these conversations and we can get so lost in the broadcasting what we have to say that we don't take the actual time to use social media for what it's built for is that is to provide communication, active listening to drive engagement. And from these relationships, we can broom fruit, bring networking, you know, get referrals, all the other subtle things that we want. But we have to connect to the person. I don't, it, it doesn't matter what platform I know social media marketers and managers and anyone who uses social media will go back and forth on which platform, which time of day, how to schedule natively or non-natively video, long form short, honestly, at the end of the day, whatever medium and content piece and platform that you use, you have to be able to connect to the people. That's it. You have that's to, it. Yeah. that's it. That's your ultimate job because later in the book i also said that social media you know sales is a destination not social media many folk are failing because they're one they're not connecting to the people and two they're treating their social media account as the be all when every sales interaction does not involve social media even if they click on a link that you sent them through social media they got to send it through paypal or mm -hmm. wise or another app Mm -hmm. Or they have to go somewhere else to have a Zoom or in-person conversation to pay you. It doesn't happen on social. It happens somewhere else. 
And so with that in mind, we have to think of social media as the bridge to conversation. And then hopefully we can get to those deeper rooted conversations like we're doing right now even um, mm -hmm. and subsequent things because of the relationships. Our, con our common denominator was Sarah. Right. And just because of her energy and who I know who she was and you know who she was and she know who we both were. <laughs> oh, this is this is love is blonde. This is the perfect match. This is like real life in a positive way. Scenario yeah. where, hey, these people would make great humans to connect and have a great conversation. And thus, here we are now. Right. Social media was maybe the, the bridge, but the person was the engine that made that glue that made that happen. So imagine doing that same thing 10 times a day, you know, over the course of a year and what that could lead to, not just in financial gains, but in knowledge and skill set mm. and a reservoir of people that anytime you may actually need something, whether you may have lost their job or maybe you need more clients or maybe you need a mental, emotional boost, or maybe you're going to a conference and you need mm. a buddy to go with you. Boom, hit send. And watch what happens. Yes. That's power. That goes beyond anything else because that's recession proof too, I might add. So yes, yeah, social media, really you need to think about it, is the connection to the people. Because longevity of those connections are worth more than anything down the road. Right. Can I ask you how long you've been in this business, Troy? I've been in social media sphere as a initially as a manager and then a strategist for over 12 years. How long have you been in it? I'd probably say probably about six to seven. I and would say now that I'm, I've gotten out of social media, at least from <laughs> as the, the range that I was in as of now, more growth strategy and rev ops at this point. But I always stick to those roots because the constant changes of social media helped me adapt and build kind of the reservoir in the mentality that I can be adaptable when other opportunities occur. And if you can make it in social media, Hey, I'm just going to be biased. You can make it anywhere. Mm. The quick thinking, the changing of tools. Other professions, they got tools that last for a long time. And one month, the whole algorithm can change. You got to relearn everything that you thought you knew to produce the same result or even a better result in half the time. Come right. on now. Right. You've got to <laughs> update your strategy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what's happened. No, I just asked because what you just said about the people really resonates with me. I'm about to hop on a plane this week to go to San Diego and go to social media marketing world. And yeah. it's where my peeps are. There's people there that I met in, you know, 2015 when I first went and, you know, here I'm still going back for more and seeing the same people. And this is where my connections are. This is those, you know, what you were talking about, you know, conference buddy and um, all of that is happening. It's about the people. And of course, I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow and all of those other things. But yeah, it's about the people. Now, is there a caveat on how to treat this? Even, you know, there's people out there, especially CEOs, um, uh, maybe other C-suite executives who are saying, well, we're B2B. So how can it be about the people? And then not only that, taking them one step further, how do you identify the actual people if you're B2B to talk to? Because I think this is a really good strategy for us to talk about, a really good point, right? So how do you identify the actual person behind the business that you want to target? That's a phenomenal question. I premise by saying since the pandemic, the lines between B2C and B2B 
have like fallen down. <laughs> it's, mm. we're, we're seeing a more unified storefront of marketing and sales and strategy approach. Troy, why is that? Because as many things as the pandemic was, one thing was it was a hard reset and a wake-up call. And the reality that if I don't have a connection to you as a brand, I'm not going to rep for you. I'm not going to work for you. I'm not going to buy from you. You're irrelevant to me. And for someone to look at your brand, your logo, everything that you are from your website to your PowerPoint presentation, to your product, to your service, whatever thing that you are comp composited as and saying you're irrelevant to me. And many people say that to you, that's, that's a hard truth. Mm -hmm. And so to become relevant or maintain relevancy, you have to connect to the individuals. And so now you see a lot of these B2B brands who are almost taking a, a page out of a lot of these um, insurance organizations or phone companies that have a standard person, like a spokesperson identity. So it could be still multiple people, but they fit a specific type of niche identity that the audience can relate to and see themselves reflected in. I want to use that product. I want to use that service. I want to be a part of this business. I want to support and impact this business. So, Troy, you said all that to say what? When you're looking at a B2B organization now, you need to identify where you are from a total available market standpoint and a serviceable available market standpoint. When you do those two, then you can niche down to your ideal customer or client profile. Now, maybe people, especially B2B more world, make the mistake of just saying, my total available market, or for short, TAM, is my niche. I'm not trying to sell to the entire world. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to sell to the entire United States. I'm not trying to sell to everyone in Illinois. I'm from Chicago, by the way. No, I'm trying to reach specific people. And so part of that is doing the research to seeing what lands, where are the biggest pain points that we can solve efficiently that's cost effective, that we know the language by the back of our hand. Now, people see that as more productizing or research work. That doesn't have anything to do with connection to people. It has everything to do with connection to people. The more touch points you have to build the language and the messaging and the positioning around what it is that you do or the problem that you solve to these individuals, the better your results will be. Now, sure, this is the problem. Strategy, people don't see, again, strategy as um, an action. And it 1,000% is an action. It's a, it's a milestone piece you need to do to move mountains forward. And so what BTC has got it going on is they're already integrating the community. They have to because they're dealing about the volume. B2B, they don't necessarily do by the volume, but what they're doing as far as impact reach volumes. So B2Bs can position themselves a little bit different by talking to the feelings of this product, this service, this solution impacts you that allows you as whoever their ideal uh, client profile sure. is to do this to other people. And so by proxy, the more they see the impact in their user base, the better of you as a B2B business is positioned to win the business and continue to stay in business. And so I would say that would be something they need to do more of moving forward. And that's all across right. all the industries. I was just going to say across all industries. And then, um, you know, once you know who you want to target or you have the spokesperson that looks like your ideal avatar and they start having these messages, um, the other, you know, question I have for you then, and this is, of course, this is a strategy, but 
you know, then do you target and talk to them and connect with them on say LinkedIn? Or do you find out if they're reading Forbes and you need to write for Forbes or how do you then get in front of them? Great question. I, I find this where community marketing comes in very handy for a B2B. So B2Bs have a real caveat because you, you can't say you're just one person. You have to position in a certain way. And so that's where LinkedIn company pages come in. That's when, you know, discords come in. I, I know people are kind of burnt out with Slack channels, but some people are getting very prominently as well as how you position it could be an opportunity. And let's not forget the most amazing tried and true method that surpasses everything. Email. Mm. Simply email. Now, Newsletters have come a long way, but we don't have to call it a newsletter. We can call it an insight accelerator. We can just, you know, you can you can jazz it up I how you want to jazz hands and <laughs> yes. call it a day, you know. But I think the caveat to think about it is positioning the community around it. The community is what's going to sell it. And that's going to take a lot of pressure off of you to focus on one person. So if we have a team of individuals who, let's say, are pseudo spokespeople, but they identify different groups, they represent different communities or individuals or businesses that are all within your scope of genius and what you do. You have them in this community and you have them have conversations. You have them share insights. You have them share struggles that allows you to be vulnerable, that allows you to show authority, that allows you to show you know, connectivity. All these things, the intangibles that in someone's a decision maker's mind, maybe have a multi-million dollar business or multi-billion dollar business is like, I can't put my finger on it, but I choose you. <laughs> that separates you from so many other B2Bs who are going to do what? Give you a 100-slide deck, give you a one-pager with all the credentials that doesn't even make sense to the decision-maker. It may make sense to the sub-levels who are in it, but they ain't the ones signing the deal to use your SaaS product, to use your tool, to use your service. That decision-maker needs to make it understand. So that's where simplification comes in. But when you have that community... They can learn by osmosis and they can see the impact of, hey, there's another business that looks just like me who's using your product or service. And it's not just a webinar. It's not just here's the thing. You know, it's not just one testimonial. I can actually see them and engage with them over however long it is. And where it's a constant nurturing thing. That's what's going to help you win the day. So I hear you say that the people in the B2B space need to be accessible right? 100%. They need to be accessible. They need to be um, transparent. They need to be um, available. They need to be visible. So um, that's really, that's, that's really, that's a good insight. And uh, in the end, right? People do business with people. It's yes. even if it's a B2B, it's a business and a business. It's two different individuals signing a contract. So um, I love that. So um, before we wrap up, I want to talk to you about your leads model. Um, in your book, you mentioned this model that you have. Lead stands for lead gen, engagement, authority, demand, and, and sales. Um, is that the model that you use for growth hacking? Is that the model you use for you know, creating a strategy? For Is that what you start with? If that's, can you explain a little bit more about that? That model? Sure. So my least generator blueprint was all about how do I get more money in the door? Every service person is like, I, I'm doing great things, but I need to make more money. Mm -hmm. And we, for me, this is my own framework to help my own self 
figure out how to do this. And eventually I was able to use this to help other people. And I find it, it's a, think of it as a circle, right? Mm -hmm. And so right now you may be having sales, but you may be getting sales because of referrals. It may not be because you're authoritative in what you do to a certain point. And so if you see it as a circle, you can move around accordingly based on what you need, but look at it from the grand scheme of things. Do I have enough legion coming in? Am I doing enough engagement? Would I say I have enough authority based off reactions from that engagement or my legion? Is there enough demand? Remember, I was talking about the, the total available market for what I do right now, or do I need to pivot? And that might be just a slight change of what I present. Right now, it might be IT, and now you just did the same offering from healthcare. And then ultimately, is there enough sales to justify your being and justify where you're trying to go? And I would add to the Lee's Gen Generate Blueprint um, just the five piece that goes with it. I'm a big on alliteration, so leveraging language to launch. Educate and entertain to enchant, attract and amplify to activate, dream big and distinguish yourself to drive and share frequently and support often to shine. You know, and I really want to focus on those first three, leveraging language to launch, educating and to enchant. Whether you're B2P, whether you're B2C, those two things alone are absolutely critical that you're speaking the same language to the people you're trying to attract. That's going to give you the legion. That's going to give you the engagement. That's going to give you the sales and ensure that you're still in high demand. Because that you have to have an active listening approach to always be able to speak the same language after the people you're trying to talk to. And the moment you feel that you're not speaking the same language anymore, I got to shift. I got to go to a bigger pond. Maybe I've outgrown the place where I've been and I got to expand to find an audience that matches my language accordingly. And then lastly, attract and amplify to activate. All those things are incorporated for the Legion generated blueprint and it's just something to consider when you're navigating trying to get sales sustainably but also scalable at the same time all right i love that i i got totally like sucked in when you were talking about listening and and listening for the words um as a social media strategist you know i when we i start working with a client we always talk about you know what are your clients saying what are the words they're using right so active listening is really great and when if you are watching this and you're in a bigger corporation and say you have um a chat feature or you have customer service on twitter or other platforms you know you can download the text and do a huge text analysis and see what the pain points, you talked about pain points, Troy, pain points, what people are using to listen to your customers. I love that. Absolutely great. So um, time to execute. I wanted to talk to you about that. So there's a lot of theory in strategizing, but I loved how you started saying, you know, uh, strategy is power, but strategy is, is an action. So let's talk about executing that for about a minute or two before we wrap up, Troy. How do you start? taking action on a strategy? Do you go all out? Do you dip your toe in the water? <laughs> How does that? Because I, I think there's probably people watching and listening. They're like, you know, this is all great on paper, but I'm scared. You know, there's fear with that implementation. There's money on the line when we come 100%. up with a strategy. How do we do that? I, I love that you brought up the fear component. And I think that's why people don't do strategy because the strategy exercise would reveal what they don't know mm. or what they don't have or what they lack. And that paralyzes people because we can live 
in this world of like, we're the hero of our own story. There's nothing we can't do until we do the strategy and we put numbers to it and timeline to it. And it's, oh, can I do this? Right. right. Let's just call it what it is. And so I think it requires us to be bold. I would say the first thing to do is identify. You have to talk about it. You have to be in a room, whiteboard. Let's identify. Let's call a spade a spade and call it what it is. Then we want to isolate. Then we want to innovate. Then you want to implement. Like, that's it. <laughs> those are the oh, four things. I if love you it. Do those four things, you can see the strategy moving in the right direction. Now, how fast depends on your situation. How badly do you need the money? Hmm. How badly do you need this to work? I find with more desperation and less time interval, people have less fear. Or I would say it's not that they don't have less fear necessarily. They're able to compartmentalize that fear to take ultimate action. Because the minute you start seeing things slowly working, the little light breaking through the darkness, you're going to run even faster and more boldly towards it. And so it's just everyone deals with this. Every business, every person you idolize, every corporation that you see you want to pursue and become, they've all been in that one moment. Defining moment. Canva. Zoom, defining moments, rejection, the fear. I'm pursuing forward. I'm going full body in the water, not the big toe. I'm going all the way in. This is what we're doing. And they did it. And so the question is, if you want to pursue it, no matter how fast you want to go, do you have the right strategy in place to identify, isolate, innovate, and implement? That's awesome. Well, let's wrap it up here, Troy. This was amazing. I think you're the first in-depth strategist that's been on Strategy Talks, which I absolutely love because it's it's been an eye-opening conversation for me. And if you're watching this, if you've listened to that, make sure you get Troy's book, Strategize Up. Troy, where can people best connect with you online if they want to learn more about you, if they want to learn more about your strategies, your book, and everything that you're doing right now? Where can they meet you online? Definitely find Troy is literally my handle and my website. So I made it easy for everybody. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. As of now, I post daily. And if you have any questions, you can go to Troy at findtroy.com uh, as they send me an email and let's just chat. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your time this morning, Troy. Um, it was great to um, have met you in person. And then I appreciate you coming on our show, providing this incredible content uh, for our viewers and our listeners today. Um, again, shout out to those who listen to this as a podcast. Um, and if you were here live, if you had questions, comments, we appreciate it. If you watch this on the replay, make sure to put hashtag replay and your questions in the comments. So both Troy and I can answer them. Um, I appreciate everybody being here. Troy, special shout out to you for getting up early to be here with us at Strategy Talks. And I'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all.